Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast for everyone on and off the gender binary. I'm your host from the West Coast, Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida, and we are so excited to bring you episode 10 of season 2, NBD. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening, and if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is somewhere that we can touch base, catch up on stuff that's happening in our lives, in the podcast, in the greater Les universe, uh, and we obviously are going to start out with our live show. It's getting closer. It's coming. Oh my gosh, it's, it's coming. Happening. It's coming so soon. We are about a month out right now. Yes. So you better get your tickets because it is coming. It is happening. It's on. Oh, it's going we down. are so excited. We've up. already announced one of our guests, Carolyn Bergier. Like, it's going to be a blast. We're so excited yes. to see all of you. Uh, also, if you happen to not be able to make our New York show, or like maybe you're out somewhere more on the other side of the country, we are going to be at Clexicon, and we are also going to be recording a show there. So, so pumped. Oh my God. <laughs> Should have been gay live at Clexicon. Is a dream come true. It's going to be a yeah. blast. So you have a whole other opportunity to come see us, come hang out in person, get your butts to Clexicon is what we're saying. Yes. And we also have our Taboo Toys contest, which we are extending through February 1st because we want to make sure that you all have access to good sex. So <laughs> <laughs> that is our dream. That, that is the dream. Yeah, that's the dream. So in order to enter Email us your pictures of your tickets for the live show for the chance to win a Shishi scissoring vibrator. Or if you can't come to the live show and you don't have a ticket to send us, go on your Instagram or on your Twitter, post a picture of you and your queer crew, or just you. That's cool too. You can be your own crew. Yes. Uh, and tag us at Let's Hang Out Pod and tag Taboo Toys. They are at Buy Taboo Toys and also buy some Taboo Toys. Yeah, do it. Why not? And we also have very exciting news. A new Patreon perk. Super pumped about this. We are going to be doing ad-free episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I do not I cannot believe I just said yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Please leave that in. Please honestly, don't cut that. never cutting that. Okay. Um, but at any level, you can get ad-free. So for just $1 a month, the lowest Patreon level, you can get ad-free episodes. It's actually really easy to upload the RSS feed into whatever podcast catcher you use, and we'll be able to show you that. So it's very seamless 
to get those ad-free episodes. So if you're tired of craft ads, uh, we just want you to know there is another option. And we're sorry. Join our Patreon family. <laughs> Although I do think we have other we have other ads now. The yes, we finally be, do. Eloise got to eat. But I know just we all suffered through that together, and we made it out stronger, better people for it. So, yes. uh, so there you go. Join our Patreon. Ad-free episodes. Uh, and that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. This episode, we are super excited. We are talking to Dan Owens, a genderqueer talent manager and owner of Redemo, a gender-fluid clothing brand and marketplace. Hey, Dan. Thanks Hi. so much for hanging out with us today. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for hanging out with me all in different places. Yes. yes. It's the virtual <laughs> hangout. That's how we do it. So excited. We have so so many things that we are going to talk about today um we said what dan is doing now but he's been a fixture in the lgbtq community for a while now doing all sorts of good things hopefully we are going to get to all of them so she is one of the founders of everyone is gay my kid is gay lesbians who look like justin bieber uh let's start there can we start with we have yeah like we have to start Justin with Bieber. lesbians who look like <laughs> we Justin. gotta start there i mean that's what kicked off my whole career like god bless justin bieber i'm gonna be honest <laughs> i kicked off his career yeah but can we say that it's probably I mean. like the only time someone will say that sentence i mean thank god I for just justin say, bieber <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right <laughs> did you think when you started that that it would be such a big thing no, Tumblr wasn't even famous yet. I was like, I, here's what happened is I was in a comedy band and Justin Bieber was like, like not nobody really knew who he was, but he just got picked up by Usher and did this music video that my friend Amanda and I were like, oh, my God, this 12 year old boy. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and we did a mashup of a Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift song. And he, Wait, which songs? It was Justin Bieber. It, the song was called One Time. Okay. And the Taylor Swift song was You're Not Sorry. Mm. Fuck both those people now. But Justin Bieber tweeted it at her to, like, flirt with her or whatever. And then she, like, responded. So it blew up and it had, like, whatever, like 80,000 people saw it. And there were, like, multiple comments that were, like, that lesbian looks like Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, my like, God. <laughs> And that lesbian was you, just to clarify, right? Yes, the lesbian <laughs> was me. And I wasn't like, it's not this lesbian that looks like Justin Bieber. It's most lesbians look like Justin Bieber. Like, that's the thing. So I just like, I was like, whatever, I'm going to start a Tumblr and put up like five pictures. And it was like, it felt like overnight, all of a sudden, like one of the posts had a thousand whatever reblogs. And I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, getting asked for interviews by like MSN and like AOL News. And everyone's like, so explain what Tumblr is. And like, it's just so hilarious to think about now because I felt like, well, basically, I invented the internet. You're all well. <laughs> and well tumblr like is lesbian internet so you definitely invented yes. that thank you so mm -hmm. much and also i like to say two <laughs> things that were not in mainstream media before lesbians who look like justin bieber lesbians and justin bieber <laughs> that's all i have to say that's that is amazing uh, i'm just curious do you still update it 
No, not at all. I haven't even. I don't even think I know how to sign into it anymore. Oh my god! I'm like, saying this is the era of reboots, and if anything needs a reboot, <laughs> I think it's lesbians who look like Justin lesbians Bieber. who look like Justin Bieber reboot. That's yes. a great idea. That's because really whatever his look is right now, I'm sure there we can find we can find somebody. Oh yeah, he's well got he's a weird like vibe going on right now. Yeah, I think he's gone way towards like the fuckboy lesbian. Yeah. So I think oh. there are a lot of different looking like, lesbians in the same vein who now look like I him. I feel wow. like right now his style is like if fuckboy lesbians and Eminem had a love child. Yes. Oh no. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. That's a reality show I don't want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I think that's coming next fall too. So it's fine. Yes, Everything's exactly. rebooting. It's good. <laughs> Wait. So I also read that this led to you running social media for Virgin Mobile on tour with Lady Gaga. Like, how did that That's happen? correct. Yeah, well, how do you get from point A to point B there? I know, seriously. Well, okay, so I started Lesbians Who Look Like Justin Bieber, and then obviously everybody in the queer community was like, well, now we trust you and we love you. Obviously. And we, like, we want <laughs> to know your things. advice about heartbreak. And I was like, sure, that makes sense. <laughs> and um, then I... I did this thing for MTV. It was like MTV search for the first ever TJ, which was a Twitter jockey. Mm. Great idea. Poor execution. And me and one of my best friends, Gabby, were like the final two. And so this gave me some sort of credibility. So it was like the company that was doing all the creative for the Monster Ball tour, they reached out to me because they've heard about me through someone and they were like, oh my God, you did MTV. You did lesbians who look like Justin Bieber. Will you come in for an interview? And then at the interview, they were just like, okay, so if you were to go on tour and be like the blogger, the behind the scenes blogger for Virgin Mobile, what would you do? And I was like, well... I probably couldn't do anything that much from the behind the scenes. Like I'm not going to be able to get like sneak pics of Lady Gaga. So I was like, I'd probably make it all about the fans and do like videos of like their experiences and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, Oh my God, we love it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay sick. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Sick. And they just, they just loved my ideas. And my ideas have always been like, talk to people and get to know their hearts. And like, <laughs> That's basically it. And people love it. People love hearts. <laughs> people do love hearts. In like a not hearts. creepy way. Yeah. 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 The, <laughs> the not the literal, maybe. Yeah. So, okay, but Some wait. People. So, so what year, Lesbians Who Look Like Justin Bieber was? Yes, was 2010. Was 2010. And then, yeah, it was literally like March of 2010. I did Lesbians Who Look Like Justin Bieber. In March of 2011, I was on door with Lady Gaga. That's it was like. so insane. It was. It was wild. 2010 was like a messed up year. There was so much going on. <laughs> That's crazy. You talked a little bit about giving advice, right? So you're talking about everyone is gay, correct? Mm. Well, it's yeah, that started from I would just get people would ask me questions on like the lesbians who look like Justin Bieber Tumblr. They would like send me stuff. And then I started doing form spring. I don't know if y'all remember that. Yes. Wow. But yeah, it was like a form spring where you could anonymously ask questions. And my friends were getting questions like, what's your favorite cheese? And mine were like, how do you heal from heartbreak? And I was like, <laughs> Oof. okay. And you were like, look, everyone loves hearts. So let me tell <laughs> yes, you something exactly. about this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, wow. But okay, wait, wait, wait. I know Ellie's Ellie's jumping us ahead because we're super excited to get to everything. But did you get to like get sneak pics of Lady Gaga backstage? <laughs> 
Well, technically, Ellie's not jumping ahead because we did start Everyone is Gay before doing before I did Lady Gaga. It was like right between, but there weren't sneak picks. I did do, I became friends with like all the dancers, all the band members, all the, like everybody who worked on the tour, we were all just friends. We were like family. There were like eight buses riding around. We all stayed in the same hotels. So I would do stuff like I would do interviews just like this, like on my phone with one of the backup dancers or one of the backup singers, or like I would get sneak backstage stuff. And also I would, there were like guest bloggers. So a couple of people won like a chance to come be a blogger for a day. And because I'd become friends with everyone, they're so lucky that I'm a Libra and I had this job. <laughs> but because I'd become friends with everyone and they they were like, you're, you're going to be a guest blogger. You get to do everything the blogger does. But they weren't allowed to go backstage. They weren't allowed to do like any of the cool stuff that I got to do, which was like somebody would win a chance to meet Lady Gaga and I would take them to go meet Lady Gaga. But the guest blogger couldn't do that so I was trying to make their experience actually fun and I would be like Mark Michael will you come meet this guest blogger and so like everyone who did come I would like bring either like the opening band or a couple of the or like the violinist or like one of the backup dancers to come like meet and take pictures with them yeah so like I would do sneaky stuff like that but they were like they wouldn't there was so much that they would not let me do that like if I was on the other side watching the blogger on this tour I would be like this blogger on this tour can't do anything, but I just like made it work. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. I also love that you brought up that you're a Libra. Like every, it's just like <laughs> gay people freaking love astrology. Like, let's just, <sighs> I was literally talking about it on New Year's Eve. Like, I feel like anytime, like, <laughs> which was two days ago. Like I was in therapy today and I was like talking to my therapist about, I was like, I feel like when I smoke weed, I don't get paranoid in the traditional sense, but I am like, what does this people think? And she was like, so you get Libra paranoid. And I was like, (laughs) don't be rude. (laughs) Yes. And you were like, this is why you're my therapist. Like you get me. Exactly. I was. That's so amazing. Thank you so much. I love you. You're hired. Oh my God. Can we talk about everyone is gay? Is that okay, Lee? Yeah, I'll, I'll allow. That's fine. I'm gonna let, I'll, we, let's get there. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So for anyone who doesn't know, can you explain what everyone is gay is? Other than just like a factual statement. Other <laughs> than just a factual statement. Okay, so this form spring where I was getting all these drama questions from the whole queer community because I was like the representative of the queers at this point. King of the queers. I basically started. So I'd met someone named Kristen who was like getting their degree in gender studies. I was like, we've got an academic queer here and I'm just like a goofy ass. So we started <laughs> Lee, answering these literally questions. literally like me and you. Queer, queer oh my PhD. God, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Queer PhD. Oh my and God. Hilarious. Ass. Wait, who's the goofy I'm and the who's the ass. academic? <laughs> And you're the academic. Yeah, you're like, I'm an PhD. academic, and I've got a baby. I like to give thesis <laughs> ideas out on the podcast. It's fine. Don't judge me. Oh well, one time Kristen wrote a gender studies paper on lesbians who look like Justin Bieber. So there's been an <laughs> academic paper about you being a goofy. The ass. change that I created. And I'm not gonna lie. I desperately want to read that paper. <laughs> I know, right? Where is it anyway? But so we started. I basically collected a bunch of the questions. I put together a Tumblr. We came up with the idea for it and we just started answering Kristen says, Danielle says. And it was, people started to read it pretty quickly because I already had this following from lesbians who look like Justin Bieber and 
almost like five days in, we got this long question from the parent of someone who was like, I'm widowed. I have two-year-old twins, a dog that like is eating shampoo and a 15-year-old son. And my son just came out to me as gay while we were in the middle of an argument and he stopped talking to me. And the father was like, I don't know what to do. Please help me. And so at that point, we were like, okay. The first question we ever answered was like, is my dog gay or something like we were just doing goofy, like ridiculous shit. And so we kind of had to step back and be like, do we want to take this seriously? And we decided to go for it. And we were like, okay, write a letter, write your son a letter and tell him how you feel. Tell him you support him and give him the time and space to process it on his own. And it was like two days later, we got an email and he was like, I wrote a letter. Our relationship is already so much better. You like saved what could have been a disaster. And we were like, so everyone is gay turned into a place where we gave advice to queer youth and also their parents. And you're like, and we were like, and I'm, I'm like over here. I know know, your eyes are all glossy. I'm like, should I get it? No, it's just beautiful. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. I mean, so this brought you to also, you wrote a book. This is a book for parents Mm -hmm. of gay kids. When I went on tour with Lady Gaga, I, in every single city, someone would recognize me from the internet, from like everyone is gay and lip sync videos and blah, blah, blah. Someone, and it was like everyone you could possibly imagine, like the most dressed up, like most flamboyant little monster to like two straight girls who were like, in Utah who were like, we're straight, we're Mormon, we love everyone is gay. Oh and I was God. like, oh my God. It was like everyone. It was so amazing. And it was so fun. And kind of on that tour, I was like, we need to like, we need to be going on tour. Mm-hmm. So then we started touring schools and through the experience of like meeting people in real life, getting questions on the internet, going on tours to schools, we were like, the question that people ask the most, the every across the board, no matter who you are, what age, how you came out, what you came out as, everyone wants to know what the fuck to do about their parents. Mm-hmm. The problem in the <laughs> queer community is our parents. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were like, all right, let's write a book. And that's why we wrote this is a book for parents of gay kids. And it's just an advice guide for like anyone whose kids is coming out to them. Maybe if if straight people would stop having so many gay kids, like God. <laughs> yeah, straight yes, people are are the problem. <laughs> I don't even know any straight people at this point. <laughs> Honestly, same. Except my mom. So there it Except is. Except my mom. And she's the problem. <laughs> no, she's not. She's wonderful. She's not the problem. Your mom is wonderful. <laughs> but still. I mean, even my mother, I think she would really benefit from, a, like, because she, she wants to know. Mm-hmm. Like, she's always asking me, like, what what is the, like, best thing to do for yeah, you. Yes. Even actually the other day she was talking to me about one of her friends whose daughter just came out as non-binary, but it's, it's similar actually to Dan where she prefers she and he. And so my mom mm-hmm. my mom was like, "I just don't I just don't get it." Like she's like, "Can you <laughs> help like explain, help me?" You know, like she's not uh, yeah. trying to be like rude. She's like, "I want to know like how do I communicate with this person? How do I help this other parent?" Like, understand her kid. Yeah. Actually, my dad, was it like two years ago or something like that? I don't remember. My dad was like, I have a friend whose whose kid just came out to them as trans and they, the friend is a therapist. And yet that therapist wanted to talk to me, was like, what do I do about it? And I was like, talk to them. And they were like, I just feel like 
I lost my daughter. And I was like, can I tell you something? If you spend this much time focusing on the fact that you lost your daughter, you're going to miss out on the opportunity to have the rest of your life with your son. Mm -hmm. Like this, that's not, stop trying to understand it. It doesn't fucking matter. Like stop trying to understand it and just continue to love your kid the way you always have. That's the answer. And that's honestly like the end of the day, every question we answer in that book, that's the answer is like, just love your kid. But it is like parents are just like, okay, what do I do? How do I do it right? And it's so hard when your kid is like, okay, I finally had the courage to come out to you. I don't really want to answer all your questions. Like, I don't even know if I know the answer to half your questions. So it is nice to have just like a book that you can read while you're pooping or whatever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yes. When we all get all of our quality reading time in, you know. Exactly. That's when I do my best Instagramming, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That's what you mean when you say reading, right? (laughs) Use use all those extra hours. Bathrooms have (laughs) excellent lighting. Like, if there's so many pictures, Lee, are you. What? Yes. Lee's just on her Instagram story, like every yeah. time she's oh, yeah. in the bathroom. <laughs> yes, of course. All three Instagram stories I've solid ever posted, Ellie, selfie. all from me pooping. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People want to see it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> My friends and I went through a long phase in like 2008, 2009. We all just all we did was send each other pictures of us on the toilet, like. <laughs> I still yeah You're right it's where the best lighting is yeah I still it's get some lighting. from one of my college friends that's like all she ever does on See? Snapchat yeah. there you go it's <laughs> fine <laughs> this is like a stupid aside but when my wife and I got engaged way way back in the day uh we the the place that we were staying we were at like some B&B in Cape Cod that we got engaged and we like had the rings and we wanted to like take a nice picture of the rings together. And that's literally where we ended up taking it was like, in Oh my the bathroom, God. Like over bed and breakfast because <laughs> it was such good. And that's like with the mirrors and the lights and they like the, the diamonds were all sparkly and everything. And we were like, no one will need to know that this is like on the bathroom counter. It's fine. You can't even tell. Who cares? There's a flower next to exactly. it. Exactly. It's always the best lighting. It's a fancy yeah. bathroom. It seems like. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Bed and breakfast. Exactly. It's very classy bathroom, but you know, it's where you take them. So from Everyone is Gay, mm-hmm. are you still involved in Everyone is Gay? No, I, it turned into like not the thing that we started. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this isn't my vibe anymore. Yeah. It turned more into like, I just recently somebody was like, you don't even post a picture on Trans Awareness Day. And I was like, okay, well, all the guys in your band are straight cis dudes. So who's, <laughs> who's really making change here? Like, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not, I'm not really a like make sure I have something good to say on the awareness day and post it then. Right. Cause that's what's mm-hmm. in it. Like that just, is it my, I'm very like whatever comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth on the day it comes out. And everyone is gay kind of became like, let's make sure we're not getting in trouble. Let's make sure we're highlighting every identity and every awareness day. And I was like, no, thank you. I yeah. just, that's just not my vibe anymore. And then there were, it was also just like a bunch of personal emotional stuff going on that I was like, this is not, this this isn't what this was supposed to be. We went our separate ways and I continued to do activism kind of in the way that I wanted to, mm-hmm. which I've always referred to as passive activism. Like I don't necessarily want to like I don't want to draw attention to the fact that I'm changing the world. I just want to be changing the world through all of my actions pretty much through everything I do every day and like maybe if people get it they get it. And that's what I was going to say is like I feel like I mean, yeah, your whole feed is almost like one big awareness feed, you know, like right. <laughs> whether it's on any given day or like references it. I mean, I feel right. like that's kind of what 
what it is, you know? It is. You know, everybody communicates in a different way. So some people are going to be drawn to me and some people are going to be drawn towards like what Awareness Day is it. But I think that like I get a lot, a lot of my inspiration comes from like my clients, right? And so my friend Jiminika, who's like queer, black, poly, trauma expert, she works in sex ed and she's like, literally the fact that I am out here, the fact that I'm on the internet, the fact that I'm open with my work and open with who I am, that is activism. Mm-hmm. I'm making a statement simply by being who I am. And she's right. And my client, Amber, who's a queer black woman, who's a YouTuber, it's like she's making a statement by being who she is. And there are so many of us that I'm like, the fact that I just like am genderqueer and talk about it sometimes is enough for a lot of people. A lot of people yeah. don't they want to see themselves reflected. They don't necessarily want to be like told what to do. And we all want to kind of go on our, our own journeys. And so like, that's just kind of, that's just how I do stuff. So can we, can we dig a little yeah. more into that right now? Because I think, I I mean, I don't want to say gender queer in a general sense is something that I think people still have trouble with. They do mm-hmm. not specifically like, all generations but I think especially like you know Ellie you were, what you were saying about like your mom and I think it is something that like especially a couple generations beyond us it is still something that is they just like can't quite wrap their head around it I yeah one of the things that I think that I think is fascinating and that you know Ellie and I were just saying we find delightful is like it can mean different things for different people definitely so could you say a little bit more specifically for you like what mm-hmm. is your gender queer identity, what does that mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's really interesting that you are talking about how like it means different things to different people, because I think that's how everyone's gender identity is, even if they don't recognize it. I'm nodding so vigorously right now. Yes, you're both nodding so much. I'm like, am I in trouble? Like you're not nodding so emphatically. I'm like, I like don't believe it. (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding. But there will be I have friends who are like, who are just like cis women who are two cis women who are completely different people, completely different in the way they dress, the way they carry themselves, what they do for career, like how they present all that. And they both identify the same way. And I think that's, that's exactly how I feel being genderqueer. And I find myself like, kind of as I was figuring out my identity, I realized that the people that I related to the most that I did see in media, which like there aren't genderqueer people in media, right? So I'm like looking for something that I identify with. The people that I did identify with the most were flamboyant gay men. Mm. Like if I did want to be feminine, it was like flamboyant. And it was like sometimes. And when I wanted to be masculine, it was like, I want to be masculine and attract people. Like it's, (laughs) it's like, Every part of my gender identity is, uh, I guess, used for different things. Like, I feel very much like a business man, and I feel very much like a lady in drag. Like, it's <laughs> different all the time, but it's the thing that I've realized most is I just kind of want to be confusing, androgynous. Like, I want to, if I'm at a cash register and someone doesn't know whether to say sir or ma'am, that's exactly what I want. Yeah. Like. They don't know, so they don't say it. I'm like, great. Thank you. That's perfect. That's amazing. Well, and Mm -hmm. it's also, it's so, what I think is so great about it, which I just think is like so interesting is it really, it just brings up so many questions about like, what does it even, 
like what does it mean what does it all mean yeah you know like what is it all it's all just nonsense anyways like we put so much weight on it um Mm -hmm. and I think there's places where like that weight can be justified in some ways but you know at the end of the day it's like what this is all just nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's all just Yeah, I have a couple of friends who are like, who are cis women who identify as women and they dress very like quotes around it girly. They're very femme. And they will talk to me and they'll be like, but I feel like I'm like dressing up. Like I feel like it's a costume, but I also like the costume. Like I feel like I am my brother, but I happen to love putting on a costume and looking really like femme or whatever. And I'm like, that's so interesting and so valid and makes so much sense to me. See, whereas I put on the costume for so long and I hated it. (laughs) Exactly. Hated it. Exactly. It's so interesting. Yeah. I also, I know we said this before we started recording, but I'm going to say it again because I just, I really do. I absolutely love that your personal preference is for all pronouns. Yes. And that I just think is like the coolest thing. I just think it's great. Yeah. Can you also explain like, because it is like we were talking about, I was texting Lee and I was like, he's coming on, like, let's make sure like we ask her this. Yes. You know what I mean? That's like a perfect sentence. Yeah. You said something before we got on and you were like talking about my pronouns and you were like, I had said something earlier where I said he at the beginning and she at the end. And I was like, that's literally my gender identity. That is literally (laughs) how it feels to be me. It is. But that's so perfect. And it's also Mm -hmm. it's something that I I mean, this again has like apropos of nothing, but it's just like what keeps coming to mind is because so my family all speaks French as well. Mm. And one of my jobs with the baby is I'm supposed to teach Eloise French, which, like, God help me. And it says voila on my sweatshirt right now. Yes. That's perfect. (laughs) I need it for her. So French. (laughs) But what's been great about it is, like, A, realizing how, like, rusty and terrible my French is, but also it's really interesting for me to start thinking again in, um, in a language like French where, like, gender is like such a different thing it's like such a different beast and one of the Mm -hmm. things that I have been that like keeps hitting me and I don't know why it just keeps like sticking with me every time is that like because nouns are all gendered in French that like sometimes you're using a noun so like when I talk about my dog like your dog is is like a dog is a male thing but my dog is a girl you know and so I'm like there's just something that's always so fascinating to me about how like it's completely not an issue to switch the genders around when the the noun of the thing that you're describing is a different gender than the thing itself, you know? Yes. And, like, I don't know, there's just ways in which you do that, and I'm like, this is so crazy. Like, why does, <laughs> why is this, like, what, what does this all mean? Like, how do we reconcile all of these things, and why can we not reconcile it with people? <laughs> like, I know, why is it's it so, so hard funny. to do with people, you know? It's really interesting. I remember a, a part of why... I was so fascinated when I was learning Spanish is because I was like learning the word for couch. And I was like, couch is a girl. Like, why do I have to learn that part of it? Like what? (laughs) It was always so confusing to me, but it's almost like, do they have a handle on gender even more than we do to be like, Ed, it's a girl. It's a boy. The couch is a girl. Your car's a boy. I don't know what to tell you. Like who cares? (laughs) 
Yeah. Unless you're in France, your couch is a boy. Just throw, throw an, an A, a on, on the end. end. Throw an E, I don't know, whatever. Well, and it, it's also something that, like, I would love to have someone on at one point and, like, talk about how some of this is happening. Because, like, you know, in the U.S., like, we're just fighting this battle to be like, they can be singular. And people are like, no, it can't. And you're like, yes, it is. Obviously, we all use it that way all the time. You use Literally it that way all the time. Day. Like, get over yourselves. Um, but then in other countries, it's like, it's becoming even that much more complicated where they're like, we literally have to, like, invent a whole new word to enable this mm. language to evolve this way. Um, that right. hasn't always been used, you know, in a singular way or in a non-specific gendered way. Like, I would love to have someone on and talk about that, too, because it's all just so fascinating. And, like, the language around it is just so cool. I just think it's all so cool. <laughs> Super interesting, yeah. It really is. Nerdly. <laughs> This is the, acad- the academic is showing. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. I'll sit over here and have my own nerdy party. It's cool. No, it's fine. It is very interesting. Someone wants to write their thesis on this. <laughs> you oh, did God. promise us a thesis. You promised. Like you were like, I, I make the thesis yes. every episode. What I'm what really I trying to do is to it. outsource my so research. So like, yeah. if someone else has the time to do it all and write it up for me, that's really what I'm looking for. Because otherwise I'll have to do it all myself. And like, I have a baby now and there's a lot less time in my life. <laughs> yeah, I want to outsource all, all t- smart, nerdy stuff personally. So there I you go. go. <laughs> I got it, you guys. I'm on it. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I do want to talk a little bit more about your identity as genderqueer, because it's actually why we reached out to you for the mm-hmm. podcast. Like, not that part in particular, but one of um one of my friends saw a post on your Instagram that was talking about how... You feel like women's podcasts, magazines, and all those kind of stuff don't reach out to you because they think it's offensive or like because 
they're like, well, you're non-binary, so, like, we shouldn't ask you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why do you think right. that is? Right. Yeah, I, I just... I just noticed like when I was when I was like a powerful queer woman who had all this experience like I was like moderating a panel every month I was like people were asking me to speak on stuff people were asking me me to be on podcasts like everyone wanted my point of view everyone was like come like help me make this more inclusive and then I like came out as genderqueer and it was like radio silence like it just stopped and I think it's yes and I think it's partially because people don't want to offend but I also think it's because we're still not really looking to highlight trans voices at all. Like generally if, you know, a company is run by a cis white woman, she's going to look to her community of other cis white women to be like, Oh, I found a gay one. Let's there. Now it's diverse. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not how it works, everybody. But so I do. And also just noticing that as when I was being someone who was consulting and being like, here's how you make it more inclusive and being at, a music festival was like, we are for women fronted bands. I was like, okay, we'll change the language. And why don't you fly this person in who's really successful? She's trans. She's her parents are immigrants. Like this is the perfect person to bring. And they would be like, well, no though. And I was like, why? Like, why wouldn't you want to spend $400, but you do want to spend like $2,000 having this like cis straight white woman do this. Like what? Like it made no sense. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, it was very clear to me that people want to do change to a certain extent to the extent that like still makes them comfortable so I was experiencing that a lot trying to be like you know I was like the queer woman helping out other white women and we were all changing the world together and I was like oh the amount of changing stops at some point yeah and Mm -hmm. that was like that was something that I ran into with auto straddle and like Pretty much everyone, I want to be like, do you guys want me to release a list of like white ladies who don't actually want to change the way that they say they do? Because I will. I'll do it. (laughs) Book's coming out. The book's coming out. Yeah. (laughs) We talked earlier. You were like, I'll say anything. Clearly, here we are. And we're not cutting it. (laughs) Exactly. It is. And I think it's, I feel like non-binary, gender queer, like a lot of these things are, they're really starting to feel out all of those places, you know, like that's, that's where you can start to see where those walls are like coming up. And it's so it's Mm -hmm. interesting. To me, I love it. Like I so Ellie and I actually met at a acapella festival a couple years ago. Um, Oh my god, cute. And yeah, we are. So I might be an academic nerd. We are both giant (laughs) acapella music nerds. We're nerds. Um, Yeah, we're all nerds. But we met at an acapella festival (laughs) by the Women's Acapella Association. And it began as a women's acapella festival called She Sings. And this past year was the last year it is going to be called She Sings. It has sort of morphed into realizing that it does want to be a space for more more than just she. Uh, and so it's rebranding as We Sing this year. Oh my god, cute! Yeah, and and it's like yeah. watching that process happen and watching like the discussions like behind the scenes going into it has just been really, really interesting, you know, of like where where do we want to land? Like where do you want to, do you want to have that wall or do you not want to have that wall? And I think, you know, the overwhelming feeling was like, we don't. I'm Mm -hmm. seeing it as well. There's like a huge thing going on with my college right now. I went to Mount Holyoke, which is a women's college, um, but which accepts non-binary and accepts trans students and is 
now, you know, kind of like also you're starting to see that that pushback from certain people, especially in the alumni community. They just had like a huge um, Wall Street Journal kind of turfy article that someone wrote, like complaining about some of this stuff. And there's been like a huge pushback from people being like, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) Take your bullshit somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, So it is. I feel like, you know, that's that's kind of where you're starting to see this same idea come up in a lot of different places. Well, I think mm. people also just, like, like their boxes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, like, the binary. You know? Like, we like a black and white. We like an option A or option B. I mean, people are just obsessed with themselves. Like, they... Everyone is like, your identity invalidates my identity. <laughs> right. And it's like, I don't even know mm-hmm. you. So, that's <laughs> not what's going on. Yeah. Like... <laughs> literally that's not what's happening you can be whatever you want to be and i can be whatever i want to be and i'm actually over here leaving you alone that's right. the difference between us yeah i wanted actually wanted to talk to you that like sort of sums up what you said in one of your instagram posts in a way it was basically about dysphoria and how some trans mm-hmm. people are saying that people can't be non-binary could you elaborate on that post sure absolutely so Dysphoria, basically where dysphoria comes from is that the medical industry does not want to give any trans person money or insurance or therapy. Like they just want to avoid it as much as possible. So the medical community was like, okay, there's something called dysphoria. It is, it's like an actual mental illness where somebody does not identify with the gender they were assigned at birth. And they were like, it's a mental illness. And this is how you fix it. You fix it with hormone therapy. You fix it with surgery. There are different ways that you can fix it. And So now it's kind of socially become like, oh, well, if you're trans, then you have dysphoria. But there are a lot of us, especially in the genderqueer and non-binary community who are like, um, there's not a way to fix what I feel like there isn't a like I can't go on hormones and feel more like myself tomorrow because that actually isn't Mm -hmm. it. The thing that. I experience is I had the part of dysphoria where it was like, I hated my body. I didn't identify with it. I didn't feel good in it. That all happened way before I learned the word genderqueer. I learned the word genderqueer and I started dating someone who accepted me for who I was and like saw me and saw my body the way that I saw it. And every feeling that I ever had of like not liking my body and not liking the way I looked and that all went away as soon as I was using all pronouns I was like oh I feel amazing like this feels incredible so I just didn't really I just don't really identify with that whole I guess you would call it a theory I don't know that you have to have dysphoria to be trans and I have a lot of friends who don't either and I have friends who are like oh I'm trans. I used to have dysphoria. I don't have dysphoria anymore, but that's not what it is. That's not how it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because it is such a medical thing. And I also just like don't subscribe to Western medicine at all. (laughs) Like I I don't want to go on hormones because I'm like terrified of putting whatever y'all cooked up in the kitchen (laughs) inside my body. (laughs) But it's but I think it is. It's like there's something that's so important about that distinction between like Is it something where it's like, oh, this is something wrong with me that I need to fix? Or is it like Mm -hmm. other people are like putting their baggage onto you, you know, like it's there's and I think it gets into that whole thing about the language side of things where it's like there's so much built into these words, you know, and it's like it's hard to unpack that where it's like the words might not feel right, not because they're not like the right 
fit, but because like we've layered so many other things into them, you know, and like yeah, all of definitely. those things might not fit. Like, and so much of my identity personally has to do with like if somebody uses a pronoun or uses Dan or Danielle, it's so much about the intention behind what they're using it. Like if you're if you're saying like, excuse me, sir. Oh, I mean, ma'am. And right. the reason that you're flipped out is because you're like, oh, my God, I said it wrong. You're so obviously a woman. I'm like, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that at all. That feels weird to me. Yeah. Like you have dysphoria about me. Or what? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. How you describe it but i Offer think it's hormones keep, see if that helps yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but i think that it keeps a lot of people from recognizing and feeling affirmed in their identity that we like put an expectation on them that you well you if you want to be trans that means you want to be the opposite of what you are now or something right. totally different from what you are now or it means that you hate how you are right now where i think whereas i think there are a lot of people who are non-binary who maybe someone was like uh, assigned female at birth and they were raised as a cis woman and they present very feminine and then one day they go like all of this makes sense. The way that I, my body is makes sense. The way that I present makes sense, but something about pronouns doesn't feel right. right. And some people feel really empowered to be like, you know what? I'm non-binary. I'm non-binary and I'm femme and that's just how I am. But a lot of people I think don't because they're like, it's not okay for me to feel that way because you have to feel a certain amount of like struggle and hate toward yourself. Right. And like, you really want to be fixed to be able to feel that. Whereas a lot of people are just like, something about this identity doesn't really feel right. And I don't know what it is. And I'm like, you know what it is? It's that non-binary feels better to you. And that's okay. (laughs) Also, just to clarify, you are saying that some people do experience dysphoria. And that's definitely yes. So I have a lot of friends who have gotten top surgery, have gone on hormone therapy, and they were like, my life is so much better now. Like I had gender dysphoria and I got the treatments that I needed to get. And I am myself now. Like I was not myself before and I am myself now. And like dysphoria is a real thing. And that's why I think it's really dangerous to say in order to be trans, you have to have dysphoria because then what you do is you force people Mm. who are like myself, like I'm genderqueer. I feel a part of the trans community. And for a while I was like, okay, well then that means I have to go on hormones. Like I have to go on hormones because I know that this doesn't feel right to me. Right. And that's just not the case. Like the thing is like some people have dysphoria, some people don't, and all of it should be celebrated and all of it should be validated. I really wish I could remember who I should have written down who on Twitter that I just saw who had posted something where they were like, it was sort of the same idea about having to do with surgery, you know, where they're like people try to say, like, oh, you have to have surgery, or, like, you're gonna hate yourself if you don't have surgery, or, like, all this stuff, and they were, like, but the way I see it is more just, like, you know, some, like, I'm still a woman, just, like, some women have dicks, and, like, I'm one of those, and, like, I just thought that was, like, such a cool way to say it, too, you know, where it's, like, there, even within the trans community, I think there is still, like, a range of, of what people actually want for themselves, like, what people what is the right body and the right identity and the, you know, like it is, there's just, there's so, so, so many different options. Definitely. Yeah. There are so many different options and that should be something like, I'd rather have a long conversation about how there are a trillion bazillion different options for gender rather than like, 
well, but do you have dysphoria? Because mm-hmm, right. then I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. that Somebody made that up like 10 years ago. Yeah. Like that literally is brand spanking new. Yeah. Well, and, and even like one step past that of like, well, do you have the right body parts? It's like, well, what the fuck are the right body parts? Like, what is, I know. like who even knows? What does that even mean? You know, it's like, I mean, exactly. It's just such a very, I don't know. There's so much more than that. The thing that has been around forever since the beginning of time is feminine and masculine energies living as one. Like, that's basically it. That's what's been around forever. And I can tell you, like, that exists within me. But I can't tell you, like, what it has to do with any of my body parts or what, like what shirt I'm supposed to wear that hasn't people will just started wearing clothes a little <laughs> bit though like what like last year clothes didn't exist yeah. before then clothes are clothes are so clothes are fake whatever <laughs> speaking of clothes yeah can we, it's like a per, what a perfect transition I was like let's do this yeah. <laughs> we couldn't have scripted it any better it's perfect so we need to talk about Redemo so why did you start Redemo I started Redemo because I was like, what's my gender identity? That's really what happened. (laughs) But I was basically, I was really trying to figure out throughout my whole life, I've hated wearing dresses and I've hated wearing suits. Both of those, like, I feel so uncomfortable in both. I was like getting fitted for a suit once and I was like shaking and sweating. I was so uncomfortable, Mm. but I was like, but I'm a lesbian. (laughs) Lesbians must must wear suits. I know. I was like, but lesbians have to wear suits. Like, I was so confused. Um, But I basically started figuring out, like, I loved shopping. I started shopping vintage and, like, loving it and being like, oh, like, I'm digging through a pile of clothes and I see a shirt and it's, like, it doesn't have any shape to it because it's from, like, the 80s. And (laughs) I love it. And I can put it with, like... It has no shape but shoulder pads. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can wear, like, a tight shirt and baggy pants and, like, nobody knows what my gender is and I love it. Like... Stuff like that. And so I started it because I wanted to be like, look, there are a million different ways that people can dress. And through that process, I was finding like a couple of brands here and there that were either like, we sell unisex or whatever, we sell androgynous or these are masculine dress shoes for smaller feet. And so I was like, okay, well, it'd be cool to have a place where you could find all of that in one place, like all this queer stuff in one place. And then also I have, I have a lot of friends who are in the plus size fashion industry watching them struggle with like finding what to wear. Like we, my friend had a birthday party and they were like, okay, bring something. We're going to do a photo shoot where everyone's wearing white. We're going to do a photo shoot where someone's doing this and we're going to do a swim shoot. And I was like, does anyone know where to find androgynous swimwear? (laughs) And it was like, (laughs) I was desperately searching for androgynous swimwear and they were desperately searching for plus size swimwear. And all of us were like, ah, (laughs) and you know, it was like, it was so it's so interesting and they uh, like also my friends in the plus size industry gave me so much confidence because they were like look nobody's on a runway who looks like me but fuck you guys here I am I look amazing I look hot I like wear fucking cool shit and I was like oh there isn't anyone on tv or on a runway who looks like me but I could still figure it out and do it myself so I wanted to kind of create a space where it was like look at all of these different people and for me, I was like, well, let's basically do what the fashion industry should be doing. Let's like, I want there to be trans models, black models, plus size models. Like I want every single product that's in this store. I want to see on different body types, different skin tones and different styles, different gender presentations. 
So that's what I started doing. I started doing it with vintage and then I had a couple of brands and then we just did a huge campaign launch where now we have 16 brands that are owned by like queer, trans, um, black, people of color, disabled business owners, women, non-binary, like it's all, if you go there, you're like buying from somebody who either only sells on their Instagram DMs or like has an Etsy, like it's become a marketplace for marginalized business owners basically which is pretty fucking sick and then they get the opportunity they send me some of their products yeah and they get their opportunity to have like a campaign where their stuff is shot in like a gender fluid way and in an inclusive way and it's just fucking sick and then we just started doing or just kind of like launched the consulting arm of it which is basically based on my past with consulting and hopefully moving forward we'll have a lot to do with like big big brands it's amazing how did you find all of the people that you the models like the designers are those mostly your friends or how did you get such a conglomeration of people yeah the models are all my friends or my clients Uh, I have a bunch of clients I guess not a bunch but like some of my clients are new and we're not like making a ton of money yet so I'm like I'll work for you and you work yeah (laughs) like (laughs) Because I haven't really been able to pay people until most recently I got the most recent campaign. I got a grant for $8,000 to put together this huge campaign. So all the models were paid, which was so nice because so many of them have done so much like Mm -hmm. free work for me that it was really wonderful to be able to pay them. And that was really sick. I got it through this organization, DRO, which is Demanding Equality Revolutionaries Only. I was like, yes, absolutely. It it. was sick. And they're a brand new organization. they do they're doing they do like one big grant and then a bunch of micro grants per year they're really really sick pretty much everyone is my friend Jordy who's like now a client of mine I just met through they worked at a vegan restaurant around the corner from me and every time I walked in I was like I have a crush <laughs> and I would like go in with my girlfriend and I would be silent and she would talk to them amazing and I would be like thanks <laughs> and then we just I was just like are you interested in modeling? Cause I can't pay, but I have a genderqueer fashion brand and it's right around the corner from here. And they were like, I would love to. Oh. And I was like, okay. Nice. And then we became friends and they're also a spiritual healer and they've done readings for me. And they're also now one of my clients. So it's like Redemo is kind of like a little family of like genderqueer, like fun little whatnots who run around and we all have just like Mars, who's like now a trans activist, like on the rise, wanted to intern for me like a year ago. And I don't remember what happened, but it was like we met once and then they like took my hard drive to go do something and then like never showed up. And I was like, what's going on? Anyway, you want a model? And they were like, yeah, and then <laughs> just became one of my models and friends. Like just, yeah, it's all I met all of them through some like cosmic, weird, magical something or mm-hmm. other. I think that is like the queerest story we've ever had told on this podcast. <laughs> there were a lot so of real queer Thank stories. You. It's an honor. Uh, I love Amazing. it. Amazing. Can we talk a little bit about the photo shoots? (laughs) Yes. Were those shot at your house? Some of them have been. Like, there have been the first, like, three or four shoots we've just done, like, around my Mm -hmm. apartment. And then this last one, we rented a space in North Hollywood that was, like, just... I was like, how is there a house that also has a garage with old-timey cars that also has... Like, it was the wildest thing I'd ever... I was, like, so excited to have found Mm -hmm. it. Are Um, those the photos that are up right now on the site? Yes, those are 
are the one if you just go to redemo.la and it like opens with the lookbook that's all on the location they're so sick yeah and my whole background like everything that i've done whether it was like everyone is gay or working for a startup or whatever like my background is just basically producing so producing out that photo shoot was so fun like producing the runway show that we did this year was so fun and like the creative team that I work with are just like absolute geniuses I literally came up with the my girlfriend is actually my creative director and I literally was like I want to do like 50s housewife but all the housewives are genderqueer and all the houses are abandoned and she was like got it and she just like (laughs) came up with all of these scenes was like we need slime we need eyeballs we need and I was like okay I said one sentence and she just like the creativity just like burst out of her brain and it was like beautiful and the photographer is a really good friend of mine also one of my clients like shot the whole thing didn't charge us which also she couldn't because she's from london so you know for tax reasons couldn't charge us anyway so it worked out but (laughs) nice yeah but also just like loved the campaign and is so talented and does like high fashion and just shot like the cover of crack magazine and like just all these wonderful people and then my stylist is like a queer woman of color who just like gets it just like gets it and is like in fashion school like used to be a stylist at g-star is like obsessed with what we're doing everyone who's working on the project is just a genius and i think that's what happens when you hire queer people if i'm being honest (laughs) true (laughs) agree um (laughs) It's just, and and the photo shoots are just so fun. Like everybody's, everybody loves each other and everybody's already friends, even if it's only from being at one other Redemo shoot or seeing them on my Instagram or whatever. Like everyone has me in common and everyone like is queer or genderqueer or just like really fucking cool. So it's, it's just always the best time. Do you have like a, like a favorite moment from the shoot or like a fun behind the scenes story or something oh my gosh a fun behind the scenes story what a great question I mean one of my favorite parts of the shoot is that um so Megan Tonjes who is also one of my clients and she was one of the plus size models um she was like uh she has a dog named Margot. <laughs> And I was like, Margot can come if you want her to. <laughs> and then the day of, she texted me and she was like, so do you want me to bring Margot? Do you need Margot for modeling? And I was like, I don't need Margot, but I want her to come. <laughs> can, yeah, bring <laughs> Margot. She was like, okay. And then, and like the one shot that Margot made it in was there's like a kind of a like family tableau, like sitting on the couch watching TV and everyone has these like eyeball glasses and looks like dead in the eyes. And then Margot's just like sleeping, <laughs> nice. just like somehow just like jumped up and was just like sitting in Zoe's lap just like sleeping and I'm like oh this is perfect like <laughs> we have everything we've got everything you've got Margo you've got everything that's so great you've got Margo you've got everything yes <laughs> that's amazing yeah no just clicking on the site I just feel like the photos just perfectly encapsulate like the feeling of, of what you want the brand to be it's just yeah. it thank is you really so cool. much it's it really also cool. I feel like the photos when you see them you realize how easy it would be for clothing brands to be inclusive yes because you're, you're like, like these photos are awesome oh, wow. like there's no yeah, you're like oh this yeah. is fucking sick and it looks very fashion yeah. and like and I'm, and all these brands are these are people who are hand making this shit in their apartments right. like these aren't big brands with millions of dollars we don't have a huge marketing budget we just have 
uh, diversity and inclusivity. Mm -hmm. Like we're just trying a little bit. That's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> well, you just have like the tiniest bit of like motivation and intention and like what you can <laughs> yeah. do with it, you know? God, it's crazy. Yeah. So you are starting now to do inclusivity consulting, right? So what brands do you want to see doing these kinds of things? Well, there are a couple of brands like Target and Gap Kids, and there are a couple of brands that want to do gender neutral stuff and are just kind of like they're kind of sitting on the sidelines, like waiting for the right mm -hmm. moment, basically. Yeah. And what that means is they just need to hire the right people to to put that stuff in place. And I'm talking to someone right now who's doing it's like a thing that I can't talk about. But like, I'm talking to someone right now who's doing a big campaign that would be really amazing for like gender neutral for kids mm -hmm. and basically I'm like there are only a couple of tweaks you really need to make that any brand really needs to make to make something inclusive and there's like I have a friend who's a writer on a late night show and I'm like look all you have to do is when you put the name across the screen, just put their pronouns right below it. So it's like Mindy Kaling, she, her. And I was like, and then you have somebody on there who's non-binary and it says they, them, and nobody's confused and you don't have to have a whole conversation about right. what their yeah. pronouns are. And you don't like, and when I was talking to my friend about it, she was like, do you feel like you're giving this information away for free? And I was like, you know what? I hope that this information will make you hire me because if no one on your staff has brought up this really easy thing to do, <laughs> then you, you need to hire mm -hmm. me. Like, <laughs> that's one thing. You know what? Everyone have a free tidbit. Yeah. Have a free tidbit. Like, I mean, especially if your tidbit is that simple. Like, good God. Exactly. That's when, that you can, that's when you can just hand out for free. That's fine. That's when Give I that can hand away. out to everyone. Here, have one free tidbit. <laughs> but it's like, there are so many things that you just don't think about because it's not your experience. And it's clear to us in the queer and genderqueer community that y'all aren't thinking about this because H&M, Forever 21, Zara, everyone thought they were doing a gender neutral collection two years ago. But but we were like, no, we don't need other options for sweatshirts. Yeah. Like, that isn't really what we're saying here. And it kind of like, it exploded and it was everywhere. And there was PR and like, everyone was like tagging me in the look at this new gender neutral collection. And I'm like, I, overalls are already gender neutral. That right. isn't what we're <laughs> trying to get across. Like, your models literally look like a straight couple holding hands. This is not what we're trying to do. And you could literally, you could bring me in for an hour and I could give you, 10 ideas that would make your entire brand a thousand percent more inclusive yeah. i'm i'm hoping that whatever the secret project is comes through we'll be yeah. we'll be looking we'll, our, we'll be looking out for it out. yeah yes That's well amazing. it won't be it's like the second i'm allowed to talk about it i'm gonna be screaming yes. about it so <laughs> you won't even have to keep your eyes open that much we'll you know waiting. okay i think before before we wrap up and move to the next thing, uh, I feel like, so that's brands and companies and clothing things. Mm -hmm. um, we we kind of talked about it a little bit, but just as like a final point, as a community, like the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. what are things like, what would you say are like the top things that you think we could all do to be more inclusive as well? I think that what we need to focus on is continuing to learn. And if you focus on like racism, if you go to the point where you're like, I want to learn everything there is that I need to learn to make this 
racially inclusive to make it so that like I'm thinking about racial justice first you're going to learn everything else along the way if you're thinking first of black trans women you're going to be fine everywhere else like that is what I think I think that like the there's such a I know so many I know I don't know but I see and tangentially know so many queer white women who are wearing dreadlocks and I'm like you know what? That's an easy one. <laughs> That's a really, really easy one. And it makes, it's just like makes a huge difference. It makes a big, big difference. And there are people, it's like what we were saying when people are like, well, your identity invalidates mine. Like, no, come on, get, get it together. Yeah. Just learn a little bit. Like we don't need to be, you can be like a young, fun trans man, man without like using the word lit and making fun of like big booties. Like yeah. don't just like, don't be an asshole is kind of my <laughs> overall thought process. And also the best thing that we can start doing right this second is just like uplift black non-binary artists, uplift like the disabled community who there are so many like queer people of color in the disabled community who are telling us what we need to do and we're just not listening. So I think that's really, we just need to be listening and just just listen and then do it. Yeah. You don't need to ask questions. Yeah. yeah. You don't need to like shut the door and hold it closed behind you. Like just leave it open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just let exactly. someone else walk through too, you know. Right. Nice. That's a pretty good and hopefully easy advice. Like yes. should be. It, it, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you got that for free, everyone. You got that for free. <laughs> there you that was go. a discounted rate. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think it is time for our Q&A, Lee. Q and gay. Yeah. Oh my god, Q, Q and, and gay. gay. Q, 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 and, 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 and gay. gay. So Q and gay, and some of these we might have covered already, but Q and gay, we will be asking you, Dan, some questions, and then we will be posting them on our Twitter so that our listeners can answer as well. So you will notice they are all multiple choice, and we have a limited number of options because Twitter polls are restricted. So. Yes, they yes. are. Okay, so Q and gay, I'm going to take it away. Question number one. If you could get advice about hearts from anyone, who would it be out of the following? Kristen Stewart, Ellen Page, Leia Delaria, or yourself, Dan Owens? Myself. <laughs> there you go. I think that's going to be a popular Myself. option. It would be 100% me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, I don't want... Look, I'm just the best out of that list is all it's you got to say about that. When when you're the top, you're the top. I know. I, mean, I was like, there, the weren't even, the there wasn't even anyone really close that I could even put in the multiple choice. You know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Just, I was kind of fishing for compliments <laughs> and it worked. It worked. <laughs> just don't say you're the top on Tumblr these days. I think that gets you banned. So. Oh, God. Oh, Mm-hmm. Nice. Good one, Lee. Okay. Those were the there's the pun you promised me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All Question number two. Is everyone gay? Yes or no? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Easy. Somehow I felt like that was a trick question. I, this is my thing about tests, is I'm like, what's okay, I know what my answer is, but what's the right <laughs> answer? <laughs> the point of these is that there are no right answers. We very that's very clear. Answers. I love it. <laughs> there are no right answers. That's how yeah. I should yeah, that's how I should have gone through school. I would have probably done yeah. way better. I mean, to be fair, when we give you yes or no, you could have been like banana and we would have been like that's, that's also not valid. the answer, Dan. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you're like your everything's valid. valid no <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Okay. Number three. <clears throat> Finish this sentence. Fuckery knows no A, color, B, gender, C, 
sexuality, or D, all of the above. D, all of the above. Yes. I think we're that just handing these to you. These are too easy. You really are. I was going to say gender because I want to sell my shirts, obviously, but... <laughs> It really is all, yes. all of the well, above. It, it it's hard to fit on a shirt. You could give it with <laughs> the options and then the all of the above. Oh, mm. that's it's too so much, much to read, yeah. but you're right. Yeah. I like reading. Oh, you could do like a Velcro where you could change it every oh, day. Oh, yeah, that's, see, yes. brilliant ideas right here. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug, get a fuckery knows no gender shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, next question is, what lesbian looks the most like Justin Bieber? A, Ellen DeGeneres, B, Erica Linder, C, Ruby Rose, or D, Kate McKinnon? Okay, you're getting me with these pop culture questions. <laughs> you know what? I did see when Kate McKinnon did Justin the, le- Bieber, the yeah. lesbian Justin Bieber thing. I'm going yeah. to pick her. Okay. I don't know. She might be problematic. Eh. Don't. Oh, is she? I don't think so. I don't know. Every, Who knows? Yeah, everyone is, know. really. You know, so I, but it's fine. <laughs> The, the truth you, is, yeah. don't don't have any faves these days. No one is safe. Yeah, you can't have a single fave. No. Okay, <laughs> question five, last question. And I know we have covered this extensively with you already. You can answer again, but also we'd love for our listeners to chime in. Uh, what are your pronouns out of he, him, she, her, they, them, or all of the above? All of the above. All of the above. Love it. <laughs> love it. I'm so excited to see how people answer that. I'm so, I just think it's great. Yeah, that's going to be And fun. remember, yeah. you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Speaking of our social media stuff, Dan, where can people find you on all of the social medias? My handle is Boy God King pretty much everywhere on Instagram, on Twitter. And if you go to my Instagram right now, click the link in the bio because I'm writing a book called from one cult to the next. Nice. And it's about my growing up in an evangelical uh, two different evangelical churches, Pentecostal Holiness and Mormon, and also how the tactics used in those religions I found myself seeing repeated in like personal emotionally abusive relationships. And it's going to be great because I'm a wonderful writer. <laughs> and also um, yes. I post nudes. I do censor my nipples, but follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Boy God if you King. Something amazing. <laughs> Any other projects coming up besides the book? Oh, my God. I never know what project is coming up until it's mm-hmm. already coming. You know what I mean? Like, I'm. it's Capricorn season, and it's every creative idea just turns into uh, business Amazing. like that. But um, all my cli- I work on stuff with all my clients. So, like, I produced the podcast Trauma Queen with my client Jim and Nico, which is incredible. So definitely pay attention to that. And if you just follow my um, Instagram, Boy God King, I talk about everything all the time. So that's probably the best way to keep up with me. Nice. Awesome. And everyone can find Redeem online as well at redemo.la right correct nice. thank you yes. got you speaking of instagrams we also have an instagram it is at less hangout pod and dan is going to be doing an instagram story takeover for us this thursday january 17th so if you want to ask her questions send them in he will be answering them on our instagram and you i bet will not want to miss it oh yeah thank you so yeah, much for being on Dan this was so much fun thank you it was so fun to be on a les thing it's been forever (laughs) yes my girlfriend's a lesbian so I'm like let me into the community we want you here 
This we're, we say this a lot, and we're all. I mean, I think we're just gonna always keep saying it. But this, I mean, we're we're the lesbians. We don't need everyone else to be lesbians, nor do we need to like strictly police what being a lesbian even means. So yeah, seriously. Yeah. Wow. Well, you then you're a dime a dozen. Does that mean a little bit or a lot of bit? I, uh, can never, I think dime I a dozen means like e- easy special. No. Yeah, yeah. I think it's does special. it mean special or it not means special? Cheap. No, I it think means, like cheap. Oh, it does. I was like, oh, it does. Oh, thanks so much. She's like, yeah. we really, I know. See, we are, we are both the goofy ass ones. We're like, who knows what it means? I'm like, I don't. You're like, you're a dime a dozen. A dozen. Who I don't know. A dime. Come on. Oh my god, that makes sense that it's cheap because if you get a dozen of something for, for a, a dime, dime, that would be a low cost. Yeah. yeah. It's very, okay. It's very low. Well, anyway, you're special because some lesbians are turfs, is what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are great. Yeah. We very much try not to be. So there you go. We'll take it. We'll still yeah. take it as. Great. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Y'all are a million dollars a dozen. There you go. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I feel like that's the perfect end. Let me hear you say hip, 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 okay. We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community, and we just want to take the chance to shout out one of our favorite things that's been happening lately every episode. Oh my god. <laughs> and this week. I is ridiculous. I was in tears. <laughs> uh, we got an email from Jackie and Lee of Electric Eye Dust um, with a song attached. Is was this our Christmas gift? Yeah, I think it was a Christmas present. Um, and the <laughs> the title was "Lovable Lesbian Song." <laughs> And I think me and Lee are just gonna sing it for you, so you really understand. <laughs> it's we it's we are struggling to put it into words how to describe this for everyone, but we want to recreate a little snippet of it here, and it goes like this: this. No, no one's, one's a lesbian, lesbian anymore. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we are still lesbians. So I don't know if that's one hundred percent true, but. I'll be very sad if no one is a lesbian anymore. This dis- <laughs> this dystopian song <laughs> made me pretty sad. It was possibly the weirdest and most hilarious thing I think we've received yet. So bravo, Ever. yeah. I was. Jackie thank you very. Yeah, thank you, Jackie and Lee, for what a gift making me cry tears. It was amazing, amazing, and <laughs> of course, we have to thank our top tier lesbian Jesus patrons, Amy and Ellen, Kayla Kelly, Lizette Stye. Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Michelle Ray Thomas, and Mark Foster. Thank you so much to all of you. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe to new episodes so that you get them as soon as they release. And we're also posting on our YouTube channel every other Thursday, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. If you want to help support the podcast, there's a couple different ways that you can do that. The first one, it is free, it is easy, is just rate and review us on iTunes. It helps more people find the podcast. And you can become a patron on our Patreon with our newest perk, which is ad-free episodes for all of our patrons at any level. So for just a dollar a month, you can get ad-free episodes. We also have merch. You can find us at bit.ly slash lesshop, including a new design that we are so excited about. So pumped. Uh, Some of you may remember we coined a new term in our U-Hauling episode. It is called Screw Screw Hauling. Uh, And we now have these amazing screw haul shirts so yes check them out 
get yours now. They're they're just they're so, so great. Delightful. They're so great. And one somebody actually specifically asked for a screw haul shirt, so we are giving the people what they want. We got you. We got you. And also now I need to get one. My <laughs> entire wardrobe is just Les Hangout merch. And then I'm like, wait, I can't wear these every day. I mean, I could, but you know. If you want to follow us individually, you can follow me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at LSH Foster on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, I'm Lee. And I'm Ellie. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.